Good morning, everybody. Yeah, uh, I just want to begin with how much I love Luke Dunnick. The uh, Luke is, uh, you know, I just love sports, play sports. Uh, but Luke would be one of those coaches that I never had. I felt like there's a lot of great coaches out there that they can give you just a great halftime speech, get you fired up for the next 24 minutes of ball, and you go out there and you do your best. But I feel like the message that Luke always brings, it's, it's more than 24 minutes. It's like 24 hours a day and seven days a week and 365 days a year because it's about identity. It's not anchored in emotion. You can fire people up emotionally to get them through a, a game, but this is life, right? And, and, and actually, it's kind of what a little bit of, of, of this chapter today is about. Um, we're looking today at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It's not an easy chapter. Um, going through it, I, uh, many times I thought, okay, I know why Rusty's not here this week. <laughs> so, and then uh, last week he even took the best verse out of the whole chapter, which is the first one. But I'll, we'll start there. This is, uh, so 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, reads like this. Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. This is a huge, huge identity verse, right? So much of what we talk about here is your identity in Christ. It's so much what we talk about. Personally, I just believe it is just like the pinnacle as far as just a life experience. Because it encompasses so much of the good news, so much of the gospel. So when Paul is saying, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ, do you think he's talking about a WWJD bracelet? Do you think he's talking about a WWJD bracelet? He's not. He's talking about the indwelling Christ within him, living by his life, walking by the Spirit, living an, living an abundant life. Jesus said, I came that they'd have life and have it abundantly. Are we going to do that with just having a bracelet on our hand? No. Or be imitators of me like a WWPD? What would Paul do? No. And I would tell you, I laughed to myself, I think many times if I was around Jesus and I was trying to hold him accountable, which so oftentimes men get together, we like to hold each other accountable. If I was with Jesus when he was in the temple and he's flipping tables and he's swinging a switch or a, you know, a whip around, I'd probably be like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, that's, that is not proper behavior. Right? Or maybe when he called the Pharisees a brood of vipers, I'd probably be like, you know, you might want to rein that in a little bit. I don't know what you're supposed to say. I don't know what you're supposed to do. But I know this, the Spirit of God dwells within you. And that is the great news. It'll give you the words. It'll give you the deeds. And it'll give you the energy to carry that out. And you enjoy the fruit of the Spirit, and God's glorified through your life. You've heard me say this many times. I look out here, I see the faces of, of many friends. I know your souls. And that is, is this the best, best part of stand up here is seeing all the different souls that are out there. But be encouraged by that. The one verse comes to mind, it's John um, 14, 10, 11. I think Jesus was giving them a glimpse, just a glimpse of a life that would be made available to us. Right? Those of us who have the spirit dwelling within us. This was Jesus speaking. He said, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak in my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. So the words Jesus said, potentially the words that you say, can fire up from right here. And I was, I was talking to Kirsten about this last week. I've talked to some of the guys about this, that 
the, the, this idea, what's holding us all back from growing? First, I'm coming to the conclusion, I think it's the physical. I think it's our circumstances. It's things around us. And really, my hope for today is you would just be encouraged to live from within. To live from your spirit out. There's a living water dwelling within you that wants to go out and just refresh others around you. Let that happen. There's no guardrails to this. I truly believe the Spirit's going to give you the words to say to somebody else to encourage them, and it's going to give you the deeds to do. And I think this was Jesus was speaking about a life that was going to be available to us. And then God is glorified through that life. If you look at John 8, uh, verses 6 and 7, they were saying this, testing him so that they might have grounds for accusing him, but Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote, and remember this, and I think it was Bob Warren that had mentioned this, when Jesus stooped on the ground, and he was doodling in the ground, that's the same finger that wrote the Ten Commandments on those tablets from Moses. So as these Pharisees come in front of Jesus, they're trying to trap him. He just happens to sit down. I don't know what he wrote, but it's the exact same finger that wrote out the commandments on those tablets from Moses. And think about that, the author of it all. He stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But when they persisted and asked him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. The world knows that. The world knows this quote. Not all the world knows who said it. Jesus said it, right? The world knows this quote. They're quick to say it to one another. Let he who's without sin, let him cast the first stone. Jesus said it. That's better than anything Shakespeare ever wrote. And that came to him. He didn't react. He responded. Just think of, right? It, it, scripture says Jesus was tempted in all ways that we are yet without sin. He had the ability to call down lightning bolts from the heavens and take out all these accusing Pharisees around him. You know that was a temptation, right? I just imagine. Be like, I light up all of these hypocrites, these clowns. I'll just call down fire from the sky and just bake them like critters, just in a, in a flash. And he collected himself, he doodled on the ground, and he responded. And he responded with a quote that is used to this day. So I just want to encourage you, there is within us, and I do think it's the hardest thing of walking by the Spirit. I might be wrong. I think the hardest thing is the words. Because the words can flow so easily, right? The words can hurt, right? I've hurt people around me. I've hurt family, friends. I've done it, right? We talk from the time that we're children. Talk, it's, so, it's such a quick, easy way to react. And when you're angry, it's so easy just to fire back something. That's not of God. And in this moment, he didn't react. He responded. And I just want to encourage you all, just remember who dwells within you. And the words are there too. Right? And I think that's incredible news. Moving on to 1 Corinthians, the uh, verses 2 and 3. Now I praise you because you remember me in everything and hold firmly to the traditions just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of a woman, and Christ is the, is the head, and God is the head of Christ. This, when I read this, what comes to my mind is Ephesians five twenty five. 
And Jimmy, you put that up. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. I want to say this, and men, I'm probably speaking to you. I am. I'm speaking to you more than ladies at this time. There is a deeper level of submission on your life. There's a deeper calling of submission on our lives. We don't take that lightly. I don't expect the world to understand scripture. Many people know the verse before this. It says, wives, submit to your husbands. This was years ago. Some of you might remember Jim Campbell from the banquet. Jim and I became good friends before he passed away. And um, I looked up Jim's number on my phone this week. And I realized I've kept the numbers of a lot of my friends who passed away. I've got Bubba's numbers in there. Russ Blower's numbers in there. Jim's numbers in there. Um, I mean, it's... I, I just hope when I think of, of you know, younger friends of mine, I, I wonder if, you know, Eddie, I was thinking about, you know, I wonder if Eddie's going to hold on to my number after I pass away. <laughs> the, uh, so you think of your, your younger friends. But Jim was a good friend. He, he was kind of a, 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 a kind of a business counselor, Christian counselor for me, and we'd hang out. I was starting up a business, and he opened up three different Christian bookstores around Indianapolis. He was just a great man, loved Jesus, always had a huge smile on his face. One time, Keith and I were having coffee with him. Keith, Keith asked him, are there any counselors, Christian counselors here in town? Because he knew everybody that you really trust. And Jim thought for a second, and he said, there's not. There's not. And I would tell you, and some of you know, that can oftentimes be hypercritical, but this is one of the verses right here. I feel like oftentimes Christian counseling gets it wrong. This is not mutual submission. It's not. This isn't two dogs nose to nose. I'll behave if you behave. And we're just watching you. That's not what this is. Men, there's a deeper calling on our lives. There is a deeper, deeper calling on our lives. I was talking to Jeff Lubker about this this week. Jeff sent me this verse. It's Matthew 20, verse 28. Red letters, right? So we know who said it. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So the idea of God being the head of our family and then the husband and then the wife, take whatever worldly org chart you have in your mind and just turn it on its head. Christ is the foundation. And then it's the husband and then it's the wife. I've got a, a picture here, a graphic. Jim, can you put up that? So we've got the We've got the, the spirit of the Father dwelling within us, right? Then the husband, then the wife. It's to serve. It's to serve. If we get this out of order, right, it looks, becomes very worldly. And I think that, that, you know, a lot of times our marriages don't look that different from the world. But if we can keep this in mind, that it's a race to who can serve the other more. If I'm in it, for what Kirsten gets out of it. And I know for a fact that God is in it for what I get out of it. And I know for a fact that he's in it for what she gets out of it. And if I'm in it for what she gets out of it and she's in it for what I get in out of it, this thing, it's like nuclear fission. It is just a beautiful thing. 1 John says that God is love. Love dwells within us. Love can flow from us. Maybe those of us over 50 remember the old miracle song, Love Machine, right? We are. Love dwells within us. It wants to flow from us. 
and encourage others and lead us into this abundant life. It's there for the taking. But if we read this in some worldly fashion, we're just going to miss the abundant life that's available to us. And to think the creator of the universe came down here, not only died, he, he washed people's feet, he came to serve. It puts you as a husband, or if you're dating a boy, I'd be happy to talk to him. It puts you in a very vulnerable situation, man. I understand that. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that we don't get this out of order. There's a calling on our lives. And it's a deeper level of submission. And I would say this too. I share this with, the, <laughs> share this with some guys on a golf trip a few weeks ago. They didn't like it. <laughs> and I don't care. I really I don't care if it makes people mad or happy. or they, I just want people to think, right? The few Bible teachers, one happens to be sitting here today that I've come to really enjoy. Rusty's one of them has said, don't believe anything I say. Just go and dig it out on your own. One of the guys had said to me, he said, you know, Matt, looking at this, he said, you just got to be careful with that, right? You got to be careful. You're under grace, but your wife isn't? How much rope does God give you? Right? Have you ever read the book of Hosea? So, man, I say this to you to encourage you because we're not left here with no power source. We're left here with the creator of the universe dwelling within us. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a deeper level of submission. But you're, you're plugged in to the creator. And that's the great news, right? This is not, a behavior, this is not behaviorism. It's not a 12-step program. There's a power source here that dwells within you. Going on to verses 4, 4 through 11, I, the, uh, the rest of this chapter can kind of get a little, uh, a little odd, but let me, let me just read through this here. Every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head. But every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head. For she is one and the same of the woman whose head is shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her hair cut off. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, let her cover her head, for a man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. For a man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. For indeed, man was not created for the woman's sake, but woman for the man's sake. Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head, because of the angels. However, in the Lord, neither is woman independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. That last verse sums that up. I don't want to miss that. I do not want to miss that last verse there. And we start getting into here. I'm not saying I understand this part of Scripture. Is it cultural? Are they bringing in things from the Talmud? Remember when Rusty would bring up Brent Sutton and Brent would read from the Mishnah for all of us about the hand washings and all of that stuff. Maybe they're bringing in rules about what we're supposed to have on our heads or not on our heads. And here you're hearing this from a bald guy. The, uh, of all people, to deliver a message about... <laughs> About head covering, just the bald guy. The, uh, but the last verse in there, when it says, However, in the Lord, neither is woman independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. Jim, could you pull up Galatians 3.28? There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. 
There is neither male nor female. There's no hierarchy. There's no hierarchy here. There's callings on our lives. There's different callings on our lives. If we go out and cut down trees with Danny DeSalvo, guess who's leading that trip? Danny DeSalvo. Not me. Danny's the leader of that, right? Is there a hierarchy there? Not spiritually, but in that, in that job, absolutely there is. I'll throw an old friend of mine under the bus when I say this. I remember years ago, Billy had his first child. The, uh, he said, Maddie, I just got to tell you, I'm jealous of the bonding that my wife has with my son. When he's breastfeeding her, I know I will never have that bond. That's a calling, right? That's a role that she has. It's not, again, it's not a, there, there's, a, there, there's, a there's something to do there, right? But it's not a hierarchy. There's different things that we all need to do. Please don't tell Bill I said that he'd kill me. But this is where, again, I, I, I think that there are, in our lives, there's roles, there's callings. But what I've seen is many times, and, and I don't, I don't, I'd be curious, maybe, maybe men are more guilty of this as, uh, than others. But when we, turn this, when we turn Christianity into behaviorism, when we turn it into a behavior modification program, we miss the calling on our life. We can miss the abundant life. If we think it's about behavior, and I'll remind you, this, this is an old joke. If you, don't stop me because I like telling this joke. This guy went to the monastery, right? He was going to, I'm going I'm to I'm stop saying, I'm going to go to the monastery. I'm just going to be a, a good person for the rest of my life, right? Again, not listening to God at all. So I'm just going to go to the monastery. I'm just going to go take a vow of silence. I'm just going to take a vow of celibacy. I'm just going to go to the monastery. I'm just going to be there. So he goes to the monastery, meets the, meets the lead monk. Lead monk says, every 10 years you get to say two words. <laughs> Great. Goes about his way. 10 years later, Old monk calls him in, says, you can say your two words. He goes, bed hard. He's like, all right, back on your way. 20 years into it, now 10 years later, calls him back in again. And he says, food's bad. All right, back. Now he's 30 years into it. His 30th year, head monk calls him back in. He can say your two words. He says, I quit. (laughs) And the old monk says, good, you've done nothing but complain since the day you got here. But if you think this thing is about behaviorism, you can lock yourself away in a monastery, not talk to anybody, not do anything, whatever giftings that you have, right? Lock them away, seal them up in a dungeon. And I'm never, I'm not going to sin the rest of my life. Your whole life is sin. What is sin? Anything apart from faith is sin. What are the spirits telling you to do? That's life. So what's the spirit telling you to say? what's the Spirit telling you to do? Do that. That's where you'll find life. And I don't know what that is. I'm not going to try to tell you what it is. I don't know what you're supposed to do or what you're supposed to say. I just want to encourage you to live. So we'll finish up here, verses 12 12 through 16. uh, For as the woman originates from the man, so also the man has his birth through the woman. Right? Every one of us here has a mama. And all things originate from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that a a man has long hair 
It is a dishonor to him. But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given to her for a covering. But if one is inclined to be contentious, we have no other practice, nor have the churches of God. This is not, I do not believe this is creating more loss for us. I believe it's cultural. I believe maybe it's a meatball of culture with the Talmud. Maybe there's some leftover law from, you know, some Jewish folks that joined in. I'm not sure. But I don't think the takeaway from it is we need to get together and talk about what physical things can we do to please God more. Some of us here have friends that are German Baptists. Ladies will wear like head coverings, things like that. If you've ever been to a, a... other churches, a lot of times ladies will cover their hair. I asked Kirsten yesterday, I said, would, if we went to a, to a German Baptist church with some friends, would you put something on your head? She goes, yeah. She goes, I don't want to go to church there. You know, but I'm have fun visiting, absolutely. This chapter is not about laws. It's not about creating more laws. We're not under law. We're under grace. Right? Like we saw in Galatians 3.28, there's no Jew. Well, if there's no Jew, they're the ones given the law. What, what do we have? We're not under law. You know, back in Ezekiel talks about it, it's going to be written on our hearts. It's here. We have it. And like you've said many times, I know when we get to heaven, I'm certain we're going to develop friendships with people from the old covenant. People that could be 2,000, 3,000 years older than us. And they're going to want to know what this was like. They're going to want to know what it was like to have the Spirit of God dwelling within us. That he could give us the words to say, the deeds to do. To have an abundant life. To enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's everything the world wants. Every single one of those things is exactly what the world wants. And you'll see them, they'll create counterfeits to each and every single one of the fruit of the Spirit. But there's not a person on this planet that doesn't want the fruit of the Spirit. And it's available to each of us today, those of us who are in Christ. And just as a good father wants for his children, I believe he wants that for us. Right? You're safe and secure. Right? My son Dan's home from college, just went and picked him up yesterday, sitting back there right now. I want him to know, right? I want him to know that he's my boy, that he's safe and secure. Like, I, I, I can't stop. I, I won't stop loving him. He ran away and changed his name. He's still my son. There's no one doing that. It's a birth question. And if you've been born again, you're forgiven. It's a birth question. Relax in that. If that's the only component of identity that you understand, that will help you sleep, I promise you. If you understand that forgiveness is a birth question, if you're born again, you're forgiven. And let's move on from there, right? Let's understand that, that you know, that the temptation to how do we overcome the evil one, right? And then let's understand rest. But I've never seen anybody get rest without ever getting that first component of forgiveness, Nobody's ever leapfrogged that. They seem to come in stair steps. And 1 John talks about the babes in the faith know their sins are forgiven. The young men in the faith know how to overcome the evil one. The fathers in the faith know him who's been from the beginning. And I've seen many of you here. 
I've seen some of you here even within the last couple of weeks. God's been glorified through your life. I've seen it. I've seen the patience. Not your patience. I'm impressed how God works through so many of your lives. In quiet ways. In loud ways. Right? Just being here, you don't know the encouragement that you are. Nicole, Bernie, you don't know the encouragement that you are just for being here. And I see the Spirit of God within you. And I see the fruit of that. And others benefit from your lives. So your soul, your personality, the Spirit wants to flow through that. It could be like a Luke, it could be like a Nicole, it could be more boisterous, or it could be quiet. It's not better, one's not better than the other. They're different. And there's times in my life, one of the hardest times in my life, I got laid off from a job. John Getchell called me up, took me out to lunch. John didn't say anything. He didn't say anything at lunch. It's exactly what I needed. John's a quiet guy, full of wisdom. But there's times in our lives when we need friends like that, right? Astro's done that. Many of you have done that, right? Our personalities are different. Enjoy the Spirit flowing through that. Enjoy Jesus. He so enjoys you. He so, so enjoys you. And breathe in and breathe out and just know He absolutely is for you. Loves you, likes you. This chapter could be difficult, the, uh, but the one thing I will hope that you take away from today is the fact that you are encouraged. Rusty said this last week. I'll paraphrase it, but I, I don't want you to like the message. I want you to come to a further understanding of who you are in Christ. Selfishly, I'll throw in there, if you understand who you are in Christ, I want to be your friend because I can't have enough friends who know who they are in Christ. Because they are an incredible encouragement in this walk. It's exactly what you need every single day. To be reminded of who we are in Christ. It is good news. (laughs) It's really good news. And not just today. I hope that you enjoy Jesus the rest of your days. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the rain. I thank you for these souls here. The uh, You make an abundant life available, and we are grateful. You've done so much more than just going to the cross for us. You've, you came back and you took up presence within us. Lord, I just pray that each of us come to a further understanding of what it means to live by your life, to your glory, to be refreshed by you, to refresh others. We're so grateful to be alive at this time. Lord, I just pray that we all just again, just live from within, live from our spirits, not be overwhelmed by our circumstances. You're the way, the truth, and the life. We pray we keep our eyes on you and not on the waves of the world. You make our lives abundant. And we're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.